everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Investing Blueprint. How you doing, PJ? What's good, no, Bob? It's all good. It's all good. good. A little sour from you know the trading competition, but yeah, it's all yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, we still have we still have about uh, just over twenty four hours left in it, but it's yeah, been yeah. fun. I think it's been enjoyable. We could talk about it a little bit later in the side bet. Um, just want to let everybody know this is not financial advice. We're just going to go quickly through the uh, disclaimer. Nothing that is said during this show should be construed as investment advice. Remember to conduct your own analysis and seek your own financial advisor before investing. This show is brought to you by Signature FX. So we got Andrew. Um, Andrew's moving, and I heard that he's going to be coming in in the RV. So, um, yeah, his, his, his ruling in nice. Hey Andrew, welcome. <laughs> Hi guys, how are we doing? Yeah, good, great man. to be back on the show, but that's definitely the wrong RV. I think uh, we're talking more breaking bad at the moment. So Yeah, it's definitely more like getting the hazmat suits and uh COVID yeah. situation here in the UK. But yeah, so moving home and they say it's probably one of the most stressful times of your life. And on this occasion, I'll agree. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've moved, literally moved out. And I'm, I'm here now, like sitting on a garden or patio furniture, just uh, hot, hot spotting off an iPhone and uh, on a works laptop. So here we are. But, guys, really, really looking forward to this show. I think you guys, you know, pulled the cat out of the bag with uh, with today's guest. So I'm going to leave that guys up to you for the big introduction. Yeah, sure. Um, so we had a, a great interview because of scheduling. Um, we were um, uh, in a position where we pre-recorded it, but we have a very extra special guest and we'll get over to that interview right now. Our extra special guest is none other than Zori Daryl. Zori is VP of Investor Services at Butterfield Asset Management Limited. It's fantastic to get you on the show, Zori. Let's kick it off with how you got started with your investing journey. From a young age, always been interested in investing, entrepreneurship, and kids. I have Yahoo Finance demo account when I was really young um, because I couldn't, I couldn't trade. Obviously, if you, um, you know, if you're not 18, so I always remember my first um, investment in the demo account at least was Apple. Um, I had a little iTunes. You remember those little iPods? That, that Apple had come out with that everybody had. So I had one of those, so I said, let me just try and invest in this. And the stock just kept going up. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have any real money in this. Um, so I always used to read about stuff and always, um, so that's kind of how I got started. Um, and, you know, ask questions. Um, and also from, an, um, also, you know, my family, you know, was kind of entrepreneurs in, a, in some sort of ways. So I always remember on my, Father actually, he had a, he always had a taxi, so he's he's in a taxi as long as I can remember. And I've never seen my dad drive a taxi. He's never been out and dri- driven his taxi for hire. Um, however, every week, um, the taxi would come in the yard, and the guy would get out and give my dad an envelope. Um, so for me, I'm I didn't I didn't understand. Like he didn't go to work in a taxi, but he was still making money from it. Um, and that was that was a genius to me to me like as a kid I'm like because everybody just teaches you to go out and you know and do work physically or however you make your money 
and that's how you're going to earn a living. But, you know, he had an investment and he was home eating dinner with us and the guy would knock on the door and bring an envelope every week. <laughs> so for me, that was that was investing right there. Right. Um, and just kind of grew, grew my interest from that. After having that exposure, what was your, what was your next step? Like what, what, um, you started trading, you know, Yahoo, um, demo accounts and then where, where did you go from there? Yeah. So, um, two things I started one, I, I opened, a, a brokerage account, um, you know, online brokerage account trading. So, um, put a little bit of money in and just, just started to bought. I think the first thing I bought was Apple, of course. <laughs> and, you know, I would, I would try and just, every time I had a little extra money, I would put it in the account and I would, and I would, you know, so then I would listen to like, the, I would try to listen to the news and then I heard about CNBC and Bloomberg. So I tried and I, I didn't have those channels on my TV at the time. So you could try to, and this was all to be of the internet. The internet was really slow. You guys remember the dial-up modem, yes, trying to yes, get yes. on, yeah. get online and find information. Um, so I look in the newspaper. The newspaper had like stock market um, information, but it was like from the day before. So I couldn't, you know. So I would yeah. just start, yeah. just devour as much information as I could. Um, and then actually also um, got a little like. Uh, um uh, fx trading account actually and we can talk about that later too but um so i and that was a pretty big risk for me but i took it and i and i started trading in that space um so that was you know it was just it was just it was all about education just learning as much as i could what what kind of things do you think have helped you to stick with it i know a lot of people get into it and then they either fall off or they they find other interests um what kind of things make make it um, easy to be or help you to be successful in in this market? The the failures actually help. Um, the the hard ones help, right? The, you remember that big trade that went the wrong way, or that that stock that um that just didn't go your way. So I remember for for me specifically, um, this was early in the days of when we were talking about solar technology and stuff. And I invested in this company called um, Solar City, I believe it was, or um, something like that. And the stock probably went from about a hundred and something dollars to about twenty. And and for some reason, I kept with it, and I just stuck with it. And I saw the red red percentage points just going higher and higher, and and I just kept sticking with it. Like you know, this company's gonna turn around, and and it just never did. <laughs> and I had to, and I had to. I had to eat that. I had to eat that Lord's heart, and you know, and I told myself, look, I, you know, all the signs were there. They had bad earnings year, um, quarter after quarter. The CEO was was doing the pack, and you know, the technology that they had to develop didn't turn into what it was supposed to be. Um, so that was a that was a huge lesson, and for me, you know, kind of education is huge. It's key. Research is key, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, all of these times were there of this company wasn't performing well and obviously wasn't going to, the stock wasn't going to perform well. Um, so, you know, I would definitely say that was one of the things that started to keep me um, into it. And it might sound strange, but um, yeah, so I remember that as a, as a, as a, as a quote unquote fear, I lost money on that trade. Um, and I was, you know, I invested in that company 
And so, so two things. One is the is the education, and the second is the emotions, right? Because I was emotionally attached to this. I was just about to ask you that. I was emotionally attached yeah. to but the, the space was the future, but the company was poor. Um, so, um, so I think that was a huge lesson to learn. And I think those are kind of my two things: is kind of education and and emotion. Right? If you can get your handle on those two things, and talking about um, internal transactions, you can go a long place because those are the two things will mostly wipe you out. Yeah, that's that's something that once I learned, you know, things changed a lot for me as well. Where you could have a bad company but a great entry point, and you can make money. Or you could pick a great company at a bad entry point and you're gonna lose money. So it's really understanding where you are in the trade. And yeah, I I I felt that one with you. That was something, man, to to hold on to something and you're like, I've done all this research. Um um put the time in to you know look at each mm -hmm. earnings and see what they're doing and it's still not performing for me. So what you know, yeah, yeah. to hold it all the way down, I've been there too, man yeah i think we've all been there we're all yeah. been there i know that feeling where it's yeah. like i can't i can't sell no like this is yeah. a, this you can't crystallize this yeah yeah you can't crystallize this like, yeah. like, yeah. depending on your risk management you know you could kind of get a little bit out of something if you you know let's say if you didn't put in too much in there and you you bought when it's made on to lower your purchasing price but yeah you know that that comes of experience and right you time you, you right that's the thing right you buy you buy on your you buy as it goes lower but that's the assumption that has been turned around they keep yeah, going yeah. down yeah they're just digging yourself a digger a bigger hole right yeah yeah uh, everybody's yeah. had those trades and um i think yeah i think when and you're able to learn from that now nobody forgets that you, you don't yeah. forget those trades so for me it was like i will never make this mistake again i will um and if i do make the mistake i'm gonna if I do make the mistake, or, or if the company doesn't turn out the way I, I what I hoped, I need to be um, emotionally intelligent enough to um, to move on and to and to call it for what it is and to find another investment. Do you do you look into um, or use technical analysis at any point in your trades, or are you mainly like a fundamental sort of? Uh, um, I think I think it's very important to use both. Um, okay, cool. That's my I, position. I, I, I think it's very important to use both. Some people um, uh, on one side or the other. I think, I think that. So I was FX. It was mostly tactical yeah. analysis. Right. Um, so you know, fundamental. I mean, the fundamental analysis. So obviously, by trade, I'm you know I'm an investment manager at a at an asset management shop. So by trade, I'm a fundamental analysis, of course. Right. And I'm a fundamental analyst. That's that's what I stand for, and that's kind of what I my day job. Um, but I think it's 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 very important when you're talking about entry points, so and you're talking about adding to your portfolios that you have to use technical analysis to 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 talk about. You know, how, you know, if the market's been run up for the last five days or whatever the case may be, and now you want to you know add to a position, is it the right time? Um, you know, in the FX space, I'm sure you guys know. You know all of all of the you know you're talking about RSI's and the um, Fibonacci scales and all of those yeah. things. I mean, I was I was heavy in that stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know I loved it. It's great, but it's not foolproof, right? You have to you have to try it. But I think 
a mix between the two. Um, you know, I built some models back in the day about, you know, stuff where you have the average is overwhelming. You know, you may have a score, you say, look, if maybe you have 10 indicators or you have five indicators that, that you use, mm-hmm. um, as long as, say, seven out of 10 of them are pointing in the direction that you want to go, well, then you go. It depends on, you know, what your number is or how mm-hmm. you, you know, everybody has their own thing that makes you feel comfortable. Um, um, so it's almost kind of, and I don't know, some people do, it's called the behavioral finance part of it too, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that is, you know, how the market's doing and how you think about it, right? So um, it, sometimes the decision is not based on fundamental or technical. The fact right. that, um, <laughs> you know, the fact that CEO got caught stealing money the company, you know, the company's going to suffer in the short term, right? That's that's yeah. neither fundamental or technical analysis, but yeah. behavior yeah. was a swan event, right? The company's yes. doing perfect. The company's doing well. Everything's looking good, and then you know, the CEO gets caught in a in some sort of illegal activity or or something personal even from him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe him yeah. and his wife got in a in, a, in an argument or an event public on on a, or something like that. Um, and that makes the, the, the investors don't like that and the stock reacts. So it's all of those things. And some, you know, you can't prepare for something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think it's important to just look at as much. It's like, it's just about the information. You just have to look at right. as much as possible mm-hmm. um, and see what people are doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I believe, I believe the markets are irrational. I think the markets are rational. People make silly decisions. And as a smart investor, you need to be able to capitalize on the on the, on the decisions of of, the of 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 the herd, right? Um, and on the flip side, um, coming from the institutional space where I am, um, the institutional space is so rigid. Sometimes you have a lot too. So at the end of the quarter, a lot of people don't realize that. So at the end of the quarter, um, mutual funds are the biggest buyers of ETFs and stocks, right? So, mm-hmm. because the space is huge, right? It's about trillions of dollars of space. So let's give an example that this, this last quarter at the end of Q3, the markets were down a bit, right? So the markets have fallen off, fallen off. So people like, oh, it might be time to sell. Um, but actually, because the mutual funds are now out of line, if they were 50-50 equities, that equities have moving down. So they have to buy. They have to buy at the end of the quarter. They have to rebalance mm-hmm. the position at the end of the quarter and bring it back up to 50-50, for example, mm-hmm. if, that's, if that's asset allocation. So if you know that, um, you can take advantage of it because the, the mutual fund um, fund managers are not, they're, they're acting on behalf of the investors and the investor has a mandate that they have to follow. And if the stock has moved, if you know the market has moved 2% away from where where the line is, that, that, means, that means it's, Billions of dollars of buying opportunity into the S&P 500 that's coming at the end of the quarter. You, yeah. you can guarantee. It. So why would you be on the wrong side of that trade? Why would you be selling if the biggest guys in the market are buying? Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. you know what I mean. So there's all these things that you can get into involved in trading um, if you just do your research and stuff like that. I mean, I've I've seen the results of it. I didn't actually think about mutual funds having to rebalance, but it it makes perfect sense. Yeah. 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 I felt yeah. I thought that we were just getting ready for the Santa Claus rally 
and mm -hmm. um, everybody's just getting revved up. But um, that, that yeah. that's that's some good information, Tori. Yeah. yeah. And so you mentioned the Santa Claus rally, which um, is interesting too, um, or some people call the January effect on the backside of that. Um, um, I don't know if you guys have talked about this before, but like you know, especially when it comes into Black Friday season and and Christmas, when you see you know the companies like Amazon and Walmart and these guys retail sales give you numbers, you know you think they're going to do well. So you know that's a rally that you can get involved in. And then the January effect, it's another. It's kind of like the mutual fund thing, where especially in the United States, which is the biggest market, um, the tax loss harvesting perspective, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so just as a bit of information, and companies or individuals that have a tax loss, they can, they have to. It's it's better for them to sell the the losing position, and then they don't have to pay any tax, or they can reduce their tax bill, and they will body stock back right in January, like in January second or third. Um, so if you know that, again, the same thing. You know these people have to buy the stock back. They don't want to get rid of these stocks. They're only selling it to buy it right back just so they can just harvest the loss and reduce the tax bill. It's a it's a it's an allowable accounting practice that happens across the United States. So it's not illegal, you're not doing anything untoward. It's just a it's just a fact. Um so if you know that millions of people are gonna be selling their positions um you know in December 30th and 31st and buying them back in January 2nd, you know, it depends on what you should be doing, right? Yeah, that's good to know. I mean, as as a Bermudian, I never really got big into taxes. And so um, I have very admittedly very limited um, knowledge about it. But I was listening to a podcast this morning and they were talking about um, tax harvesting and, and basically how investors can legally go about uh, maximizing yeah. profits and, and reducing um, taxes at the end of the year. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up as well. Yeah, so in the offshore space, it's usually just turn off and taxes come in. Yeah, right? so I'm like, taxes, all right, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'll be back, guys. Let me know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Let me actually, yeah. That's I live in Bermuda, so we don't do with taxes. Yeah, but yeah. this stuff is good to know, though. It's, it's really good to have that those sort of tools yeah. in your in your arsenal yeah. Um, yeah. when you're when you looking at investing. Um, okay, the, the other question I wanted to, to cover was, what advice would you give yourself? If you look back now, um, what advice would you give yourself, having learned everything you have now and also what advice would you give an up-and-coming um person who's very keen on investing uh give myself um not get too emotionally invested man i always think back to that um that solar stock man that hurt me bro. <laughs> yeah i guess um, so this is therapeutic yeah. right now this yeah, is, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. You're, you're healing um, you're healing um don't get too invested in a stock i mean they don't care about you. Like, so, you know, it's a it's a business transaction and you need to be able to tell yourself this is good or this is bad. Um, so for me, it was just one, don't um, control your emotions. Um, and, you know, even actually on the same token, I would also tell myself that maybe take a little bit more risk, um, especially at a young, young age, right? Take a little bit more risk and say, eh, I don't want to lose, you know, you. You want to lose five dollars or ten dollars? Like it could have turned the other way. Take a little bit, yeah. and at the worst case, you know you would learn from it. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of what I would tell myself. Um. For 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 people coming up or people just starting in the investment space, um, kind of two or three things. But 
one like like i've been saying right it's just kind of educate yourself as much as possible man. um you know listening to um you guys on how you guys are doing a great thing you know getting information out there so educating yourself whatever it is you know if it's reading books if it's listening to podcasts podcasts and and shows like this are great because they're more interactive and more you know um you can you know it's kind of more back and forth it's more real life um control your emotions again and like you, you can't understand you don't understand what that is. So many people just act on emotion. And in life, it's not even in good to just always act on emotion. But in the stock market, when you're talking about your money. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that and kind of the same, like I told myself, like, take some risks. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's in, in my space where I see a lot of, it's this, it's this weird dichotomy. There's some charts that I could show you, but. The, the long and short of it is that you have younger people. So as you know, the main piece is that younger you are, the more risk you're willing or you're able to take um, or should be taken because time is, is your friend. Um, but the older you are, the less risk you probably should be taken because you don't have that much time left because you want to make your money. But in, in just about most cases, the youngest people that have the most um, a capacity to take the risk are the ones that don't want to take it because they don't really have as much capital built up. But then you have the older people that are retired or whatever the case that have the, that have tons of money. They don't want to take, um, you know, they want to take all this risk. And like you, don't, you're the ones that shouldn't be taking the risk because you're about to retire or you need the money for, you know, you're not stop working, you're gonna stop working. But then the people that are younger that should be taking as much risk as possible, like no, I don't, I don't want to do it. So it's this push and pull that you have is, and then so if we're able to flip that, flip that mindset that once you're younger you should be taking as much risk as possible, and once you know as you get older you can start scaling back and you know putting your money in safer safer investments to just live on wealth. Um, I think we would do a lot better. But you know, emotionally you can understand it, right? You're just out of college or you're just out of high school and you got, you know, you don't have thousands of dollars to your name. You know, you can understand the apprehension of not taking a risk, but you know, you have 50, 60 years into retirement. Um, so you have the opportunity to take tons of risk. So, you know, trying to teach in that concept is, is key, is really, really key. For me, I like to create risky assets, assets like uh, cryptocurrency. So, you know, a lot of people hear about the 50 or 80% drops and stuff like that. And like, oh man, that's not for me. But they're not recognizing that some of them will give you fifty thousand, you know, percent. It's been some crazy sort of percentage gains on some of these things. Now I'm not that sort of into it where I personally received it, um, but I have seen some really high percentages comparable to what else is out there based off of, you know, taking any risk and also learning about it so it doesn't feel so risky after you learn about it. And you know, when we talk to clients all the time and at work, it's it's definitely about you know diversification and putting these these certain buckets that you need, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, percentage of your portfolio needs to be in you know something that's safer, um, but but you know, and another percentage could be in something that's um, much riskier. Um, and then you have to decide how much risk you're willing to take on each of those. But I think there's a place in your in your bucket in your you know you think about it like you know tell people think about it like a pizza pie and you cut up mm -hmm. the slices 
you know, each slice could be different. And as long as you have your, you can step back and see your whole pie, um, and you know how each of them are going to perform, you can go from there. Um, mm -hmm. It's just that when you know you have a piece of pie that's already same, or you have all your money in a CD and it's not making even one percent, but inflation is too, um, and you wonder why you haven't earned any money. Um, that's why. Yeah. And you know, there's yeah. plenty of places to invest in risky assets, whether it's crypto, whether it's FX, whether it's stocks, whether it's real estate, whatever it is. I mean, you know, yeah. I think yeah. you have to you have to move around. Yeah, I, I, I like the pie example and I wanted to kind of maybe focus a little bit on your your sort of diversification because I know you have your profession and then you also have your own investing and then you also do um, entrepreneurial projects and um, investing in in companies, um, private companies. So can you can you share with us a little bit about um, that sort of aspect of your investing? I always was very interested in people with money, right? So I always, or people that were successful and whatever it was, right? So I read books about, um, about you know, very successful investors or people that wanted, and I'll see what, what was the common thread? And the common thread was usually they all in the business, um, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, you know, and yeah. you know, just, everyone has stocks and bonds and all that, but one of the most common threads was this guy in the business. So if you think, if you think of like the, the billionaires and people in the world, all of them earn a business. So you say, oh, who's the richest person in the world? Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Bill yeah. Gates or all of these guys. And what do they do? Oh yeah, here's Amazon or here's this. And you just name off their business. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's a handful of, you know, you have the Warren Buffett of the world that have kind of come across as, um, you know, investors. But at the end of the day, most of the people, um, were in a business, invested in a business, grew that business, or some sort of way um, made money from a business. So I was like, you know, if I can invest in a in a in a business, um, that would be that would be, be be great. So um, <clears throat> so yeah, I have a few um, a few investments that I invested in some local businesses, and um, it was it was taking a risk. It was starting an and having an idea. And um, kind of, you know, doing your research about the marketplace, about, you know, if it can be successful, what it will take. Um, and it's no magic formula to it. Um, but I think, um, I think just kind of putting the effort in and, and being willing to kind of be patient with the investment is, um, is key. Like, like we were saying before, a lot of people, when they're, when they're first confronted with investing, I think the the instinct is to just focus on public stocks and maybe, maybe bond. Now, I guess now it's probably more um, crypto and a little bit of NFTs or something like that. But mm -hmm. um, there's a lot more to the business, the actual business and yeah. looking at the, you know, the, everything, the operations of the business, all those sorts of things. So trying to kind of to dive into that. So I think PJ was talking about before the entry point is most important and taking mm -hmm. an opportunity and being able to add to it. So one of the first businesses I got involved with um, was in the entertainment space and it um, was being, you know, was being managed by a friend of mine and he had all the expertise and he was doing well. Um, and he just needed some help because it was like, I just didn't have, I just don't have the, I don't have somebody else committed to help me 
take this to the next level. I know what it can be. Um, so I joined, I joined forces with him and was able to, you know, provide my expertise. You know, I have, you know, some, some, um, history in the entertainment industry and, you know, I'm a musician. Um, but so it was interesting for me. Um, but, but it, it was, it was at a small, it was, it was, it was at its infancy stages in a sense. Um, mm -hmm. so a little bit of time and a little bit of effort. Um, it grew to to something a little bit bigger, and okay. you know, it's still going on, and still, um, and so so that's kind of that was kind of my thing is um, I wasn't I'm not the inventor, so I think there's a difference between you have some people that actually come up with a product, right? That come up with mm -hmm. a whole idea from from a seed capital, like some guy, you know, he would come up with a new phone or new device. Like those people are one in a million, right? people mm -hmm. that come up inventors right um yeah. but kind of i kind of look at myself as the more of the investor slash entrepreneur piece where i'm willing to to see a good idea to see a good entry um to get involved to put some capital and more so put some time behind it and i think can grow it um because everybody has an idea and you know to, to take that idea to the fruition because most people that are inventors and entrepreneurs they're so they're so focused on the idea that they haven't they can't they need someone kind of like me or an ambassador to help them so that's kind of how i see my face yeah. right um yeah so it's yeah. all about diversification right so you know you have yeah. your stocks you have your um crypto you have fx real estate whatever it is um i think all of those things um put together can kind of help your portfolio um, you know, it's a whole different kettle of fish when you're talking about small businesses because it's a long, long time horizon. Um, you know, you can't even really value it. You know, mm -hmm. what, is, what do you value it at? Um, what it can become? So it's, it's almost impossible to value like the public market. Um, but but it, it, could be, it could be lucrative if, if it works out and if, it, if we stick with it. I was just about to ask you, like, you know, you said it's difficult to value, but obviously you, you can value it. So, like, what would you say? Like, would you use, like, your monthly income or, you know, revenue for it or net? Like, how, how would you sort of decipher what's a great startup versus just that sort of faith in the company or the, the inventor? Um, it, it depends on the person who's valuing it, right? Depends on what, if somebody's, the value of something is just basically what somebody else is willing to pay for, right? Yeah. Um, so the value can be, you know, uh, anything, it's just as long as the person is willing to pay for it, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so it just, so, so yeah, cash flow and, um, and revenue targets are important. I mean, sometimes you can have, um, you know, you can have, um, similar businesses that you can look at in the space to kind of see the difference. Um, so if you're starting a, you're starting a, um, a restaurant, for example, and you know, you can look at other restaurants and see how much they earn per month per year and value mm -hmm. to see if your restaurant can earn that or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's a value because you may start a restaurant and 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 it's going well, but then, you know, your competition to another restaurant in that space, so they may buy you out because it's a value. Yeah, so the value to them is higher, is much higher, and they're, yeah. they're willing yeah. to 
um, to buy you for something or someone else. So yeah, it's it's it tons of different ways. I mean, we could talk about you know all of these cash flow yeah. targets or cash flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All all of that all of that is is intellectual stuff, right? At the end of the day, if there's not somebody out there willing to pay for it, what's the value, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we if it's earning you money, it's valuable to you. Yeah. Well, we, we definitely have to get you back on the show, Zori. Um, yes, for sure. I think we want to yeah, definitely put something in the calendar, um, maybe early in the new year where we can get you back on. And talk, just talking about the new year, if you had to kind of give a theme or a sector or maybe maybe one or two um, one or two things that you're going to be looking at into the end of the year, into next year, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about inflation. Um, what what sort of things are, are on your radar for for the next six months? Let's say two things. I mean, I think um, in this in this market now, we after what's happening with our events of COVID, this thing is this big thing that keeps that we keep talking about in the markets called the reopening trade, right? So mm-hmm. the reopening trade is basically. The fact that half of the business in the world has slowed down or shut down in, in many cases, and in some cases, or in, or at least are going to reopen. Mm-hmm. Well, you would think that if the economy is going to get back to where to where full steam, they're going to reopen. So let's just take, for example, airlines, um, where, you know, I just read something this morning where the London to New York route um, was was cancelled for the last 18 months. That's the most flown route internationally in the world. Wow. Um, so that's a reopening trade. That's a reason mm-hmm. right there that, you know, what does what other markets benefit from that? Now Europeans can come to you to to two biggest cities, the biggest city in Europe to the biggest city in the United States is now back open. Um, mm-hmm. What commerce does that bring? What what does that bring with that? That's a right. the market is now reopening. So you can yeah. take that across the board, right? And to other markets, you're talking about event spaces where you couldn't have music festivals and concerts and stuff. You couldn't, you know, people weren't driving. You, um, so I know it's I know it's broad there, but I think that's one of the biggest things. So what markets are closed now that have been closed or significantly depressed because of the pandemic that are going to open or have opened? Pick your poison on that one. And then the second yeah. thing I think potentially can be financials. Um, so um, banks in particular, because banking or the Federal Reserve has actually put the interest rates to zero, and it's been there since you know the pandemic. At some point, and they've 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 indicated you know sometime in 2022 that they're going to start raising interest rates. Right? Mm-hmm. Banks are the biggest beneficiary of interest rate raises. Um, I think it was like for every half a percentage point, like, you know, the big banks such as, you know, like the Bank of America was like big bill um, off of just one rate hike. Just because well, can, can you repeat that number? Can you repeat that number one more time? <laughs> can you say that again? So basically on every half a percentage point interest rate raise, um, mm-hmm. the um, the banks, I can't, I'm mean, like say Bank of America or JP Morgan, whatever the, the bank is, they make um, a certain amount of billion dollars of profit or potential profit because of that spread that they can get. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So if you know, so that that that's another. I, you can kind of classify that as the reopening, um, if you want. 
but mm-hmm. you know they they're not lending they you know if they're lending money out now they can't you know they the, the spread that they're earning is lower right so right. you know if the interest yeah. rate is only 0.5 percent um you know because as you know most people know you they lend out money at a higher rate and then pay you an interest at a lower rate and keep the spread right so if they can lend it out at a higher rate based on the um, federal reserve their spread becomes higher yeah um, yeah. So I think banks potentially can be can be can be great going forward as soon mm-hmm. as the Federal Reserve starts to um, well they they have said they're going to raise interest rates so yeah. you know it's coming yeah, yeah. man so that's yeah. my that that be too um I guess for those that want to get started they're motivated from seeing this show um, what books or courses or podcasts you will recommend to anybody that wants to look to get into investing? Um, so it's a podcast called the, no, not a podcast, it's a show called The Investing Blueprint. I had this pretty good. <laughs> so I, I, um, I, would, I would invite anybody to uh, have a look at this, guys. It seems to be talking about some um, pretty cool stuff. So Thanks, um, check that one out. That'll be number one on my list. <laughs> you see um, that? From a book's perspective, um, the book is a book called The Intelligent Investor. Um, the Intelligent Investor is written by a guy named Benjamin Graham. Benjamin Graham um, was um, apparently Warren Buffett's mentor. Uh, the book is very old. It was written in like the early 1900s or so. There you go. That's it. So it's been revised a good bit. Um, and now it's kind of a lot of the terms stuff are up to date. So it's a, it's a good read. It's a fundamental analysis book, um, very much so. But it's 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 it served a lot of people well, and I think it's it's definitely been a bestseller for years. Uh, I've read it a couple times, and um, every time I learn something new. So I think I would, if you're getting into investing, I would definitely say use that book. Um, podcasts. Uh, I've started listening to a good bit of podcasts. Recently, um, there's one that's been really popular, especially um, um, in the states. Um, it's called Earn Your Leisure. Oh yes. Um, um, these guys um, are they're, they're very, um, very forthright and thorough in the um, modern culture stuff. So they talk about they relate stuff to modern culture um, to two black guys from New York or originally from New York, I believe. Um, so, you know, always trying to help the culture and, and, and stuff and they know what they're talking about. So, um, and it's, and it's entertaining too. So they're, they're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they have some good, um, some big names on there. They, I think the other day they had, um, the Robin Hood CEO when they're discussing the, yes. I think, uh, Wall yeah, Street I situation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I listened to that episode. It was good. Um, there's one more podcast I like. Um, sorry. It's called How I Built This. Um, and it's on NPR by a guy named Guy Ross. Um, it's called okay. yeah, How I Built This. Um, excellent okay. podcast. So he, um, much more formal, you know, because it's NPR, but mm-hmm. um, the, he, he interviews all of the, the huge founders. So, like, he, he, interview billionaire so you know i listened the last one i listened to he had the guy from dropbox on there he had the guy from mailchimp on there the founder of um 
So basically, it just talks about how people build companies. Um, okay. um, and and one the last one I actually listened to was a guy, the the founder of JetBlue. Um, and these oh, guys wow. have some amazing stories about like how literally how they built their company. And yeah. I mean, you're talking about big, big companies. So, yeah. um, and like I said, that's always kind of been an interest of mine of, of um, talking to, or listening to these stories of successful people because and seeing where they came from because, you know, it just depends on, you know, where they've gotten to. You know, if you're, if you're looking to invest, start, man, just start. Just Try yeah. something and just get it. It's better than keeping your money under your mattress or in a bank account earning you half a percent. Um, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, use whatever you have, your resources that you can you can afford and start investing something, something that you like, something that you understand, and um and just go from there. Because not investing, in my opinion, is 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 worse. Yeah. Yeah, that's some really good advice. That's really, really good advice. And I, um, I think you've given a lot of golden nuggets through this, through this um, interview. I'm going to go back and listen to it as well. But you're right. I think there are, there are varying levels of interest in investing. And I think between the three of us, at, at least, I think we are all pretty much, you know, fully invested or, or, or passionate about it um but yeah you, you you i think you really break it down in a way that people can understand and if anybody out there is listening and they're wondering you know should they get into it we're here to help and and i think we're all trying to help one another um in this thing we call life so thanks again zuri thank you um and we'll have you on the show again you gotta we gotta yes. figure out the next the next episode with zuri darrow anytime you guys anytime cool appreciate it all right thank you very much for that interview zuri yeah <laughs> a lot of gems in there wow yeah so so many gems actually uh started making some notes uh in, in the comments so it's, it, there's a couple of things i'd like to go through guys fast okay just just get your opinion and get your feedback so I made a lot of notes. Let me just scroll back. <laughs> so, first of all, uh, Zuri goes on about his dad's taxi. Guys, listen to that. It's like, I know you guys are in Bermuda, but it's like the American dream, isn't it? You know, it's about making your assets work. And for me, how how clever is that? You know, it's just it's just unbelievable. And I'm sure, I'm hopefully people who watch the show will realize is that, you know, you can have assets or you can have, or maybe, it's a liability at first, isn't it? You've got to buy the taxi, you've got to insure the taxi, you've got to maintain the taxi, then you've got to drive the taxi. But uh, yeah, with Zuri's dad, you know, he was, he was so clever. He actually leased the taxi out and got money back. So I, I just think that's just an unbelievable story. And I'd like to get Zuri's dad on the show if we could. Yeah, we could do that. We could do yeah, that. Yeah, that would be brilliant, guys. It's just, yeah. just, that was really great. But uh, yeah. Just, just, just talk about you know uh, vision and being a, tr a true entrepreneur, and I think you know, that's something I, you know, I'm really striving for myself. I, I just, just think that's an amazing story, and I, I, I would, I probably would love to sit down with Zuri's dad and just, just have a chat with him, you know, regarding like the history and how, how he thought of these things. I, I just think yeah. the stories are incredible. Yeah, he's actually, he's actually my uncle, so um, I could speak to him and, and see about maybe getting him on one of the shows. Uh, I'm sure he yeah. would love, he would love coming on. Yeah. That's for no, sure. I think I think I think I'd be really really good. Another thing that uh, I picked up on was uh, Missouri. You know, he's, he's really like humble and uh, 
you know, like an honest guy. And he was, he was very quick to admit, you know, about learning from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, for myself, I've spoken to people in maybe in, in the same position as Zuri in the past, and they, they wouldn't admit to anything. So for me, it's just fantastic, you know, for Zuri to admit, you know, yeah, he's made mistakes, but but he learned from them. And I think yeah. that's something as investors, you know, we can we can all take on board. Yeah, no, I agree as well. And and I find, especially when it comes to social media and when, and when it comes to people putting things out there in the public, they would usually hide their mistakes, they would hide their losses yeah. and only show all their big gains. And yeah. nobody's perfect. If, if somebody's telling you that they've never had a drawdown or they've never taken a loss, then run, run away from them very yeah. quickly. Um, yeah, because they're, not, they're not telling you the truth. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, just to add on that, I think a lot of people need to remember, like, you know, mistakes are good. You know what I mean? The chance to hear a mindset of like, oh, I don't want to make mistakes. Now, if you continue making the same mistake, then that's different. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. as far as, you know, yeah, you're going to take a loss. Like, you know, it, it's, it's very common with a lot of people. But, you know, you want to win more than you lose. And there's different strategies. And. You know, it's just a mind, uh, probability game, you know? Yeah, it, it, is. Uh, it is. I, I can't remember who said it, and uh, I, I don't want to quote the wrong person, but th- th- there's a saying is that uh, a person has never made a mistake, never tried anything new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, true. and uh, I, I just think mistakes are part of the learning process. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. still making that mind, so I wouldn't mind learning a bit quicker. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's great, and it's just great, you know, for someone uh, in Zuri's position, you know, and, and what he does and the level he's at, you know, to actually come on the show and say, yeah, I've made mistakes. And I just think that, you know, that, that, that's, that's fantastic for him. And for someone like myself, very inspirational. So uh, that was really good. Another thing I picked up on was uh, EQ or emotional intelligence. So I'm a big advocate for that, mm-hmm. uh, especially within my workplace. So... What I found, guys, in the, let me think, maybe the last five years is a lot of uh, interviewees or a lot of people, you know, coming through the door is everyone's very, very well educated these days, you know, all to a a, top, top level. And I I think an education, you know, it's it's extremely important. But I think something that is more important is about your EQ, your emotional intelligence. And and it's where you sit in an organisation, where you sit in a business, can you interact with people you know can you be can you be on a level and can you be a team player so it was very good to hear about eq i think that's uh that's something i'll get covered maybe in the next year or two something we'll hear a, a lot more about is eq so so for myself uh you know I, i've been working with uh operational excellence and working within uh like large food manufacturers and, and, and construction projects and EQ is something that's definitely being looked at. So I don't know what your opinion is, guys, you know, and, and how you guys have seen the job market. But for me, that's definitely within the UK, EQ is something that's definitely on the horizon. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it, when, especially when you're looking at bringing someone new into a team, um, I think a part of it is can they do the job? How well can they do the job? But a, a very huge part of it that gets um, underestimated is 
how well can they get along with the team because you're going to have to work with this person every day. Is this someone who is very overconfident, someone who talks down to people, um, who's actually going to cause issues in the long run uh, because of their ego? Um, And and I think making sure that you have not only the skills to do the job, but also the ability to to have the chemistry is, I think, is going to be a big factor, I agree, going forward. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yes. Um, yeah. So, to, to for me, it's a okay, guys. You know, three of us follow football, and you can have a star player if if the star player settles the dressing room off. The star player is you know a very selfish player, doesn't pass the ball. Yeah. The, the team doesn't benefit. So, I think I think it yeah. applies to most most businesses. You know, you have to be a team player. You know, regardless of your talent. So I can't wait. And, and straight after this, as always, I'm going to watch the show back. Yeah. And uh, I, I just think that was that was a great interview. That yeah. guys, I'm just gonna, I just want to reel off my. I just want to reel off some some of the bullet points here, and uh, mm-hmm. we probably can go way over an hour uh, on this show. But uh, okay. it was just so there was just so much so much golden I got to take from our interview. Really enjoyed it. Uh, the next thing I picked up on was uh, the forex uh, technical analysis. Mm-hmm. So. Well done, Zuri. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, th- I think the larger type, large time frames you trade is, yeah, I think it's definitely more technical. But I think you can't be ignorant or you can't ignore fundamentals. I think that was a great point and a great example uh, what was made. Yeah, I agree. And and the fact that he started out in Forex, I think, um, and I think I mentioned it to him earlier, um, gives me the idea that um, Forex is a great a great starting point. Um, we've mentioned baby pips, we've mentioned Forex, yeah. and a lot of the things that you learn through baby pips and, and from trading Forex, yeah. you can apply to crypto and, and to your other trading, oh, especially risk management. Yeah. So it, it made me uh, feel like I and, and us, we were we were all, all kind of on the same track. I think we all more or less started with a curiosity in Forex. And there is there has been, I think, some negative connotations with some Forex brokers recently where they have the I think it's called the network marketing. Um, MLM. Great cup. MLM. Nice cup there, Andrew. Um, oh, God. Oh, sorry, guys. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, as you, as you know, I've moved, so uh, my, my, my signature FX merch has all been packed up. So I just thought I'd uh, improvise and just buy say, Bitcoin. like, uh, buy Bitcoin. Buy Bitcoin. It's not, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't forget XRP. Yeah, <laughs> I see that. I see that. Uh, we should have an XRP show or an yeah. episode yeah. on XRP. Um, um, yeah, we wouldn't have enough time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we think uh, an hour, an hour is, is not enough time. We'll be going yeah. multiple hours, I'm sure. Another, another, another thing I picked up on, guys, was uh, just like there's a no foolproof system, and uh, ultimately you've got to decide what system suits you. Now, I think that was really good advice because you find out some of the people on social media will say, you know, you must do technical analysis, you must use Fibonacci, yeah. or you must use Elliott Wave, or you must use Moving Average. And so for me, uh, Elliott Wave, I'm not a fan. Okay, it works, and you know I know it works for you, Mandela, but yeah. it doesn't work for me. So I, th- I think it was great to hear, you know, that uh, you know there's there's no magic number of indicators. You know, really, it's, as a trader, it's what suits you. 
and it's what you're happy with. And I, and I thought that was really great and reassuring to hear. So, it's, you know, it's not just someone like myself saying, you know, do, do what suits you best and what makes you profitable. You know, we've got someone, you know, who's a, a professional in his trade, you know, saying the same thing, you know, and uh, I, I thought that was really, really great to hear. And yes, it, and if you're watching this and you're a Forex or a crypto trader, there, there really is no foolproof system. It, it's what works for you, you know, what, what you find, what, what works best. Yeah, trial and error. Yeah, trial and error, yeah. and and getting that experience, like Mandela's mentioned before, you know, as far as technical analysis, you need those hours and and, and chart time. You know, you need to be able to read a a chart. You know, just like how musicians need to, well, yeah. not necessarily all the time, but you know, learn how to read music on on you know theory. So, I just feel like you know, through time, you know, don't have your expectations too high. You're not gonna get a million dollars. You know, you could follow all these hype if you're trading crypto coins like the uh, Shiba Inu coins and stuff. You hear all these successes, but just trust and believe that is not the norm. And those people could have been just, you know, investors versus traders. You know, they left it there for, for uh, uh, you know, months on end, like the guy who put eight grand in last August, you know, and now had 5.7 billion, you know, like that's... Yeah. That's yeah. that still, yeah. you know, yeah. amazes me, you know. Like that's that's yeah. definitely not the norm. But yeah, yeah but trial and that, error. That, that guy you had AK to chuck in, it's it's not like it's not like us guys who just got AK where you throw about. Obviously, he, he must be well to do. And you know, yeah. unless he had inside trade inside trading information, uh it, it was just a punt and you know, there's nothing more that you know, because Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think we may have gotten the yeah, we don't have the historical data. You could, you could. Best today. Okay, yeah. No, we don't yeah. have the we don't have the historical data, you know, to, to you know to set your uh, your lows and highs on that coin. So yeah, it was a punt and it paid off. Well, you know, well done. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah it was one of those things. Yeah. Just another thing I picked up on uh, was about like taking taking risk when you're younger. You know, and I agree. You got time to recover. But I have to agree. Uh, when I was younger. Uh, I spent all my money, like you know, on like fast cars, uh, going out on Saturday night, and the rest I just squandered. So uh, uh, I'll be honest, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, I think he's having some internet, some internet um, challenges. Yeah. I think Andrew. Yeah. While his while his first, and I just piggyback off of that, you know, you know, I I fell into that trap as well. You know, when uh, you're younger, you know, you're making money for the first time, and you're not. You don't have the responsibilities like you may have used, you know, do have now, sorry. And, you know, I spent money. I was buying outfits, you know, every weekend just to go out, just so I don't be seen in an outfit more than once, which now is dumb, you know what I mean? Spending $300 when, you know, a night going out or, or whatever, which was dumb. But, you know, yeah. just I'm excited really for people, younger people nowadays, because they could reach financial freedom at a much earlier age than your parents or whoever else you know um just from the advice that zuri had mentioned and take this risk instead of going out spending three hundred dollars this weekend drop it onto something that you you know been reading up on and and just you know leave it if you if you're not a trader you want to be an investor just leave it you know cryptocurrency is in its infancy i think it's now coming close if not cross that three trillion dollar mark as far as market cap, 
and you know to know that the whole stock market is roughly around 95 trillion so you know once you understand this technology you're going to know that you know all that money is going to come over it's it's going to become digital you know yeah. it's a much more efficient system so yeah it, it's it's exciting times like i know i feel like my younger brother you know once he starts really focusing on this type of stuff by 30 he should be he should be set you know what i mean yeah but that's yeah. maybe that's just my optimism but yeah I, I i just feel like younger people nowadays with the rate of information that's how it's being transferred you know the opportunities the examples you know that the really it's a lot of fur in the world but i think more people need to hear more positive and and yeah. you know let them know that you know it's not all fur it's not all doom yeah. and gloom yeah, yeah hope, hopefully i'm back on the show guys uh yeah you're good yeah, you're yeah. Good. Heard you yeah. Clear now. yeah so could be just, the rv could be the rv yeah, yeah just oh, try to tear that off the iphone uh no yeah. pj 100 agree with you and i just wish when i would when i was younger i had the opportunity for the investing blueprint or signature fx and i wish i wish i had access to things like youtube facebook and instagram and yeah you're right you know imagine if us guys met up, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, what we would have achieved by now with what we know. And just yeah. hind, hind, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And just 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 picking up on uh, about, about uh, educate, education. And, yeah, there's just so much so much information out there. And, like, Mandela, you know, he, he, he even gives out free information. He tells people, follow baby pips. Yeah, Mandela, you know, he also, you know, in in his free time which i know you know obviously he struggles with but you know he does not invest in masterclass as well so that information is out there for people who want to get rich off people who want to improve their lives i think the information is there so i think there's no more excuses for people you know if you're spending i think i said this in one of our first ever videos if you're spending three dollars a day on a starbucks or a costa coffee you can buy dogecoin you can buy ripple you can buy sheep coin whatever you can buy it yeah. yeah so 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 when i get people you know who whatsapp me i'm interested in crypto what should i do well first thing put down the starbucks <laughs> that's the first thing i'll say to people but then they never listen to they you know i got people still messaging me now who were asking me about bitcoin with 30k what's around 64 and they still messaging me what should i do Right, right. That's, that's almost like a towel that will come in close to the top, too. You know, I feel yeah. like once everybody's starting to ask you, hey, how could I get, you know, because their motivation is seeing those yeah. big green numbers, you know what I mean? So I just feel like, yeah, it, it, it you have to be worried, you know. Yeah. As now that I've learned, I get more excited for bear markets, you know what I mean? I'm looking for these discounted prices. Yeah, you know, yeah, waiting yeah. for Bitcoin to drop a lot, you know, and then I could I, just jump in heavy. Yeah, I've green. noticed. I've noticed a lot of people uh, mentioning Coinbase, especially like in the last week. People have come to me and said, you know, how do I set up a Coinbase account, and what do I need to do? And mm -hmm. so the interest is there. Um, but to, to both of your points, um, you're going to get people who are looking for the get rich quick version, or they just want to know what to do. Yeah, they they never get, works, nobody yeah. wants to get rich slowly. Um, yeah. And you can tell them all the information you have. You can tell them exactly what you're doing, all your trades. Um, and 99.9% .9 of people are still not going to do it because yeah. 
they, they have other things that they'd rather prioritize. So um, it's a, a really good point. And I think part of the reason why we started this show and, and the supplement is to just discuss these sorts of things and bring them out in the open. Uh, because a lot of times you have to go looking for the good quality information. It, it may not be as easy to find it through all the noise. But you know what, what we've done with Signature FX is given a platform to try and give you guys and girls as much information as possible to help you on your investing journey. And yeah. I'm, I'm really glad Zori came on and, and helped us with that. Yeah. yeah, so it's just been fantastic. And guys, I've got a couple more points and yeah, I'll yeah. be done with the Zori interview. So, so for me, another question was capital and how. So I think you know we've been I think maybe the last nine months, 12 months, we've been aware of uh, prop trading firms. And, oh, goodness gracious, I wish I knew about this, you know, uh, a long time ago. But, guys, capital's out there, so you don't have to spend your hard-earned cash. You don't. If you can trade, and if you can trade with uh, 10% in a month with a 5% drawdown, there are prop firms out there that are going to take you. So, if you, if you, you know, if trading's for you, if you think that's something you can you want to do get in touch with Mandela for sure, and uh, you know, is FTMO out there? There's a company yeah. called Top Top Step and uh, Audacity Capital. They, they're quite good. Uh, I've been trying trying out a, a company called uh, Blue FX, and they only run uh, a three to one uh, leverage. And yeah, they're just no good. You're just not going to make no money. So obviously, we're gonna we're gonna knock them on the head end of the month. But uh, just while we're here, we, uh, I know PJ jumped in and asked about crypto, and Zuri gave a great example of a pizza pie, and uh, I really enjoyed that example. But guys, I want to say, just remember that some guy bought a pizza with uh, what was it? Twenty-five thousand. Sorry, ten thousand. Ten thousand Bitcoin. So he bought a pizza of ten thousand Bitcoin from Papa John's. And I think that's worth. I don't know, guys. What's he worth? About six, six point three million pounds. At the time, it was twenty-five dollars. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not. not obviously, my advice is, guys, crypto again. Crypto's in the infancy, and I, th I think it's worth worth you looking at for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, he, sorry, not to cut you off, Bob. Yeah. But no, I think that tweeting it as the greatest um, transfer of wealth in in human history. So, yeah. you know, look more into it, definitely. Yeah. 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 And we're, not telling, we're not telling people to go and, and throw all their savings into, no. into any crypto. I would never tell people what crypto to buy. <laughs> <laughs> not once. No. No, no, no. <laughs> so another thing, guys, uh, was another excellent takeaway was reopening trade. Now, I hadn't really thought about this, and... The, to me now, as so, soon as I heard that today, that was it. Boom. So for me, yeah, what's been shut down, what's been affected the most, yeah, most and what's the biggest players in the market. So for me, uh, airline, yeah, yep. there's some really good investment opportunities here. And I think I think maybe on the next show we should go through what, what's been shut down and what's gonna reopen. So that was just that was just such such a golden nugget, you know. And yep. I'm hoping people will watch the show. You know, you know, to take this information and apply it. 
Yeah, I had a I had a few other things as well because it it sparked my my mind as well, Andrew. Um, so things also like Airbnb, and I checked mm -hmm. Airbnb on Friday. It was up seven percent. People have have been sick and tired of being locked down. People want to go out and travel. So airlines is a great one. Um, even like your your, your hotels. Um, yeah, exactly. So we could we could probably spend some time on the next show. Um, going through yeah. some of those ideas too because christmas time is a time when people take time off from work and they they want to go out and about with their families especially after um, having to be locked down and and having yeah. limited mobility um over the last couple of years yeah no definitely and i'm just it's just good to see that zuri thinks that the investing blueprints you know top, top of the pops for him top of his list so uh yeah. well done guys you know yeah. done a really good job and uh one thing i'd like to say some some of the books he, he mentioned as well or some of the podcasts are fantastic yeah. well, i'm hoping mandela is after the show maybe we can post a couple of links in the comments yeah i'll put it down i'll put it down in the uh, in the comment section for sure people can so yeah. As, as as always, guys, I've, I've gone on too much. <laughs> but uh, no, like I said, I'm really sorry I missed that interview. I you know, wish I was there. But that that's you know, officially the first time you know, I've listened to it. And there's just so much, so many takeaways from it. I just thought it was really, really good and beneficial to myself and to all the viewers. Yeah, I think I think I just want to add one thing on there was um, Zuri's contact. So um, at the end, we've, we weren't able to put, put his... Um, his contact information on so if anybody does want to reach out to Zori it's invest at butterfieldgroup.com um, if you want to get some more information uh, from him and like we said we will be we we definitely will be getting Zori back on the show and um and Zuri's dad and his dad yeah for sure 100%. absolutely absolutely i'll make sure my final interview definitely so uh yeah <laughs> um i think next up is going to be the side bed Side we, lost, we lost PJ. Where did PJ go? I don't know what happened. I think it's a sore loser, mate, to be honest. What's going on, PJ? <laughs> yeah, I have to see. Maybe I can. One second. Yes. Take the Mandela. Yes. He hasn't taken it well. He's up. Oh, gee. Okay. I was going yeah. to tell it's not over yet. Yeah, it's not over. It's not over till it's, it's over, guys. You know. So side bet, guys. So what happened was we had a two-week trade in challenge, which was double the points. So I think PJ was leading three-one, uh, and the idea was for you guys to trade off for two weeks, with the final day being tomorrow. And I think that closes at is it ten p.m. Bermudan time tomorrow? It's uh, five five p.m. Uh, 5 p.m. So, yeah. so can you pull up the scores where we're at? So who's yeah, in the lead so at the moment? Is, this is the overall um, percentages since the so, start. Okay. And do we have the balances where we're at? Yeah. So this was PJ's balance. Okay. And yourself? Myself. Oh, PJ's got a lot to do. He's got to do 3K in a day. Yeah, yeah, it's it's doable. It's doable. It is doable. He can he can do it. I got. Uh... Yeah. Okay. So congratulations, Mandela. Well done on the side bet. <laughs> so, so guys, what happens is Mandela. If you do win tomorrow, five p.m. Bermudan time, we're in. I think we're into. Uh, I think it's a draw actually. 
a draw yeah, could overall. Be, yes. Yeah, it could be a draw. So yeah. lead into the yeah. Christmas Christmas time, uh, I will think of a great competition. I'll announce our competition on the, on the next show on the supplement. I think it might just be another trade-off. But what I might do is, uh, just, to, just to clip your wings, is limit the pairs. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. Nice. We got yeah, PJ so. back now. Yeah, PJ, it's okay. We know. <laughs> We were talking about you, not to you. It's all good. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, we were just saying, uh, side bet. So, yeah, it looks like Mandela's is 3K in the lead with one day to go. It's not over till it's over, bro. It's not over. Yeah, I might have to do a Hail Mary. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it for you. It'll be okay. But, uh, uh, right, what we're going to do, guys, is I think it's all to play for. So, after this side bet, I think the scores are level. Mm-hmm. And then going in, going into Christmas, uh, we, we might just do another trade off. But yeah, I, I might. I'm, I might. Um, I think I might. Minor, I'm, I'm going to select one currency pair or two currency pairs for you guys to trade. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and then I'll be then we're going to decide the forfeit to be really revealed on New Year's Eve. The tiebreaker. So the tiebreaker. Pull it off a miracle tonight. Yeah. What I will say, guys, one thing is the competition winner, they get to be the judge next year. And then, obviously, I will step in and take their place. So be kind. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. So, okay, guys, that covers the side bet. So what's next? Competitions. Competitions. Okay. <laughs> um, do you want to go first, Andrew? Yeah, so guys, mine's mine's a, an easy one. So for the forex guys, price the price was uh, price on silver, and our winner was uh, Misha again. So what I'm gonna do, guys, is I'm either gonna increase the funded account we set up for Misha, or I will uh, open another account for him, so he can you know try try his uh, technical analysis and his systems on on another account. So again, guys, going forward next month, the competition will be the closest price to the US dollar, Mexican peso. The reason why Mexican peso is because I'm watching way too much Spanish TV on Netflix, really enjoying it. My Spanish is getting good. So yeah, again, you know, if, if you're struggling with the accent, you know, I could be coming at you. I could be coming at you in Spanish January 2022. I thought you were gonna actually say that that part in Spanish, but maybe maybe not. I did have a couple, I did have a few lines uh, lined up, but okay. uh, it didn't really make sense. But guys, yeah, let's go for the US dollar Mexican peso for November the thirtieth, and again the the winner will win a, a, a real funded forex cent account. So that's it for me, guys. I'm made the made the best trader win. Okay, uh, PJ, do you want to do crypto? Yes, we mentioned Dash. Now, this is a tricky one. Um, it, it can pop off and, and be very volatile at times. But yeah, price of Dash USD per um by November 30th. Okay. Put your, put your, put your calls in. Okay. Um, just to go back to the um, October winner, we had Shane who had won again. Um, and uh, he is, I think he, he won 20 points, 20 points in the Crypto Wizards group. Um, so congratulations to Shane for winning uh, last month's um, uh, competition for the Crypto Wizards. So, um, so guys, for the, for the next investment blueprint, can we pull up some league tables to see who's, who's where? 
yeah. could we do that? Yeah. Because uh, it'd be quite interesting to see. Uh, obviously, I did say the uh, the Crypto Wizard Group. We we actually going to give the winner some, some cryptocurrency. So be quite interesting to see who's in the lead. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. So that'll be good. Yeah, we can do that. I can do that for sure. Um, and the last one was the Savvy Group. So that was Shane as well. He's been cleaning up. He's been winning a lot. Um, so congratulations to Shane. And we're going to grab some lunch in the next few weeks. Um, sit down and, and he can tell me all his secrets. And I can share those with you on the next show. Um, and that was for Alibaba at the end of October. I think that one we get the most participation. A lot of people seem to like that um, competition. So for, for the next week, um, for the next month, sorry, we're going to look at gold. Gold's been looking fairly, fairly good um, in the last week or two. So we're going to go with Barrett Gold, and that's ticker symbol G-O-L-D, and post in the WhatsApp groups before end of the month. Um, and I think we had said before, we said backstage to give people until um, end of day Tuesday to post um, so that um, everybody has a little bit of time to post their their ideas. Um, okay, that's it. That's it for the groups. And what do we have next up is any discussions, anything that we're looking at, I guess, anything we're looking at between now and the next show? Yeah, so for me, it's you know, it's I sound like a broken record, but uh, looking to be trading gold over the next fortnight uh, with F with FTMO uh, on on their uh, MT MT4 platform. So I'll be happy to share that with the next show to see where we're at. Mm -hmm. And guys, I just want to say it's been a great show. Really, really enjoyed the interview. And apologies, you know, for the lighting behind and. Uh, the internet connection and hopefully on the next show uh, i'll be settled uh settled at home uh, and back to normal but it's, it's been great guys we really enjoyed myself yeah good stuff pj yeah um to be honest i'm just gem hunting man you know i, I, I like the home run hits um I, I haven't done too much trading per se but i'm i'm looking at a lot of the uh, polka dot polka dot ecosystem um <laughs> I think we mentioned it maybe off or about, you know, the the um, crazy metaverse world that's, you know, in the hype right now or in the news at the moment. Facebook changed the name yeah. to Meta. They're not trying to be known as a social uh, media platform anymore. They just, you know, want to consider that as just a branch of their business. But uh, the metaverse, the more and more you look into it, me personally, I'm not a gamer like that. But I yeah. see the potential. Yeah. So, so myself, uh, <clears throat> I could say I'm a bit of a, bit of a closet gamer. So I got the Oculus Rift. Uh, so I, I am a bit of a gamer actually, and I suppose I can thank my big brother for that. So I've just got rid of the Oculus, and I'm looking again uh, an o Oculus uh, Oculus Quest uh, within a week or two. And I've also just got myself a PS5. So for me, I know there's a lot of like negative reviews about the metaverse. Me. I can't wait. Just, just plug, plug me in. Let's go. I, I, I love it, guys. And so I, I've been into VR probably the best part of two or three years. And yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited, and I'm really looking forward to what it brings. I just can't wait. Uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad idea, maybe for us to uh, do that in the supplement show. Let's bring up some uh, metaverse articles and go through that. But yeah, for me, I'm really excited. Can't wait. 
and can't wait to get my new Oculus Quest. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, I, if you know, if, if uh, Sam, Santa allows, I'm looking forward to it for Christmas. Can't wait. Yeah, okay. just make sure that you're a good boy. Um, for yeah, the next I do try. Yeah. I, I do try. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, guess I think the space is, is is massive, you know. And I guess you know, just along with the theme, buy low, sell high, because it's massive, because it's got so much hype and expectation. You know, um, you have a lot of uh, projects that are now trying to fill in the gaps that don't exist right now. Um, and I think, you know, the NFT market, you know, non-fungible tokens for yeah. those that aren't familiar, you know, it's a lot of um, in-game currencies that are sort of going to be utilized. So, yes. you know, if you could find the platforms that could kind of, you know, uh, be associated with some of these new games that are going to be, you know, massive, then I, you, you could really, really, really get some nice games. Yeah, so so guys, we need to take NFT uh, offline and have a chat about it again. You know, we've got so many shows to do, but we need to do this one. Is that I've had people trying to sell me, uh, uh, trying to sell me for, like going to NFTs. I, I, th I think it is a future, it's something that's happening. The metaverse will push that. But I've actually had some somebody trying to sell me virtual land within the metaverse already. And there's actually websites out there now that are, that are selling you like a virtual condo you know, based in you know, it's the New York equivalent of, yeah. of the metaverse. And it's it's insane, guys, because people yeah. are actually buying these things. People are buying people are buying virtual land in the metaverse. It's crazy. I can't get my head around it at the moment. I need to study yeah. it a bit more. Maybe it's an age thing, but it's age. crazy. And people that you know. People are paying like you know, yeah. you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, in no, my I, opinion, it's a JPEG. It's a JPEG, but, but people are doing it. So, you know, it's it's something we need to look at. And it's something you know, as signature FX and as a, you know, as a, a educational trading company, it's something we need to understand. And we, and we need to get into it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's amazing, man. Like you know, like for me, I personally can understand it. But as the investor in me, I realize even though I might not be into it, there is going to be a demand for it. And, you know, you have like-minded people who, who are gobbling all this type, type of stuff up. I had seen one of the um, prices for like an entry level, man, you know, it was like four or five Ethereum. And that's like at, at an early uh, stage of buying. And, you know, I think some of them had been sold for... 100 plus ethereum so you're talking about you know hundreds of thousands of dollars and possibly millions as you know as far as real estate is concerned for a virtual sort of platform a virtual you know to me it's not i can't live there for real so i'm like well why would the hell somebody pay that much for it but people you know i guess if you've made some serious gains and you could recognize the um appreciation over the years then you would throw some coin at it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it's the future. I definitely think it's the yeah, future. But, you know, going, going back to it, Nick, you know, like say you can't live there or, or uh, not be part of it, but, you know, where will we be in five, ten years' time? You know, are we are we look, looking at a like a Matrix universe? You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if, if you go yeah. onto the, tin, the tinfoil FX channels and things like that, you'll see that the Matrix was a documentary. You know, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, and is 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 that the way we go? You know, uh, with the future, you know, will will there be an opportunity through VR 
that you can actually plug yourself in, in, in into these places. Guys, this is crazy talk, but it's unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I will, I will, I, when I comment on the video later, I'll actually put the, the, the website where they're actually selling met, uh, metaverse uh, land for sale. You can actually yeah. go in and buy yourself a condo, you know, buy yourself a farmhouse. And it's not cheap, guys. You know, we're talking like you know, 40, 50 grand just to get, yeah. yourself, get yourself a vir vir virtual you know, bit of farmland. Yeah, well, Zori made a good point, and and he said that the value of something is how much someone else is willing to pay you for it. So if you think that a virtual a house in you know a penthouse in New York, in the virtual world, is worth two thousand dollars, and somebody's willing to pay you three thousand dollars for it, then you know that's that's the value that somebody's willing to pay you for it. Now, I still haven't wrapped my head around it. But if we think five years down the road, is this penthouse going to be worth, yeah. you know, a million dollars? And are you going to pass it down to your kids? Or but, I, I but just don't listen, But listening to this conversation right now, isn't this our dads trying to understand Bitcoin? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, because ultimately Bitcoin yeah. is, it's not supply and demand, is it? It's yeah. Bitcoin's at a price what people think it's worth. Yeah. Because yeah. at the moment, you know, a lot of cryptocurrencies, they don't have... They don't have a solid, solid standards uh, standing. They don't. So Bitcoin right now is priced what people think it's worth, what people are willing to buy at. And I'm one of those people, you yeah. know, not not knocking Bitcoin or any other crypto. But ultimately, why is Bitcoin worth sixty-seven thousand or sixty-four thousand dollars? Why? Some people actually somebody's going to pay. Ever. Somebody's going to pay for it. Somebody's somebody going to pay that for it. As long as somebody's willing to pay it, yeah, that's where it's at. But what I would say is when Bitcoin does get uh, fully adopted you know will we see will we see a price drop you know with other altcoins and back in line to maybe what you know what things like inflation and you know some monetary value what it should be so it's, it's just really interesting but yes i think nfts for me is like my dad trying to understand bitcoin and uh, something i need to look into yeah yeah no i agree i'm glad we had this conversation i know we've gone over the hour mark um yeah. but i think it was worth it and yeah, uh, if, if, always enjoyed it yeah, I'm sure. Part two on people, these topics. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. We, yeah, I'm sure if people yeah. don't want to watch after an hour, they can always just they can always knock off anyway, can't they? Yeah, yeah come, yeah, come, come back to it. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it's just been such good content tonight, and uh, it's just been a lot to cover. But guys, yeah, offline, I think we just need to uh, maybe structure some shows, especially for NFTs. I think it's really, really important. I think yep. you know, it's the three of us just just get up to, get up to speed with that pretty pretty quick. Yeah, uh, my dad. I don't. I, real quick. Yeah, I don't want signature FX. You know, missing missing out on this opportunity. No, we so, need uh, to. We need to. Even yeah. when we when we were talking about what the shows would cover, we did say NFTs. Yeah. And so I, I I think we've we got a little bit of homework to do. Yeah. And um, between now and the new year, I think we we can definitely cover lots of lots of yeah. new things. Yeah. So, I suppose last question. That's why always. What price was Bitcoin when you got interested or a perk perk or a you know, well, I'll go um, first. I'll go, go first. On, on so, what so, price? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, when I first got into it, it was it was under a thousand dollars. Yeah, me too. I I can't remember the exact exact price, but I think Bitcoin was around four hundred, five hundred dollars. Um, when somebody, I think it was Q from one of the groups, um, mentioned it, and um, 
I'm not sure about you guys, but I, yeah. I was kind of like this the same sort of um, metaverse thing. I was like, is this yeah. is this metaverse currency? Yeah, you know, or so, matrix yeah. so for me, I'm pretty pretty sure I was in Morocco, Casablanca, 2014, and it was at 7:40 a coin, and I was watching it on my uh, forex exchange, uh, my broker, which, and I was like, what's this about? 7:40 a coin. And then uh, I started to read up on Bitcoin, and it was a uh, digital gold i'm like you're taking the piss like you know this yeah, what yeah. you know it does, doesn't even exist and yeah. well you want me to buy something called digital gold there's no chance that's 740 yeah. a coin i yeah. think i think within the next year it broke over a thousand and that's when i messaged out i reached out to my big bro and said we need to you know what what's this bitcoin about and then that's when we got into the bitcoin mining but yeah, yeah so we missed out big time there and yeah, look, look where it's at now. So yeah, yeah. 60, above sixty. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. What about you, PJ? Um, well, in the same group, you know, the 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 guy that introduced it, Dan, you know, he ended up, um, you know, I was I was just starting to get into forex. I never traded any trades in forex, um, and um, I started doing. Uh, a bit of research on it. I I took a few courses on. Um, I think it was called navigating your way through the digital economy the new digital economy and um i got really excited but i kept my emotions in check i didn't want to put any money into it just yet so this was about may of 2017 and i and i bought my first bitcoin after a, a dip it, it, it was like around 2500 and then it dipped to about 1800 but unfortunately all the other shiny old coins um got my attention and i sold a lot of my bitcoin for um these oats which end up being um you know quote unquote shit coins you know but uh <laughs> but but um yeah no I, I i definitely um recognize that it's still early you know and um yeah there's a lot of opportunities moving forward yeah yeah yeah, def no, definitely. So, yeah, I think Ripple Ripple is my second coin. I think uh, Mandela and I, I think we, <clears throat> I, th I think we got into it around 30, trying to think what year it was, maybe 2017, 2018, it was around 36. Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, yeah and around this time, around this it time. Boom, they boomed up to, they boomed up to 350, and uh, it was like, wow, here we go. And yeah, I really got, he that's when I really got heavily involved with Ripple, and if I'm honest, out of all the coins, as much as I love it and as much as I promote it, it's probably the biggest disappointment. And just going back to what uh, Zuri said earlier, it's I have got the emo emotional attachment with Ripple, and I, I, something I can't shake at the moment. Yeah, me. But I, I think it will. I think it will come to the stage or you know, end of 2022, where I have to make a decision where does Ripple go and make room for Cardano. Does it yeah. make room for something else? Because yeah. can't, you know, this has been so Mandela, when, when do we get into Ripple when it went to three fifty? Was that twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen? Yeah, but it was at fourteen cents or something like that. We yeah, yeah, I thought it was around thirty. Yeah, but it was. It was around yeah. there and then yeah. we got in and I, I, I got out and and I was told it's the bank was calling, here we go. But guys, come on, it's 
yeah it's I, I so i can speak i can speak for myself and so i was on the the ripple train and uh, about a week or two ago i posted it in our group i said that i had made the difficult decision to um get out of uh, cash what, out of ripple what, and, what price was that uh the exact <laughs> price was uh, it was 11. yeah it's about a dollar i can't remember exactly what it was it, it was it was below where we are now, I think. Yeah, yeah, okay, uh, so yeah. Dollar fourteen, something like that. But I was able to to kind of reach a goal for something else, so yeah. I took the cash and I, I yeah, reinvested yeah. into a different crypto. Um, and I felt like you guys were, you know, holding up the the ripple part of the pizza pie. Yeah. And it was it was still being represented, but like um, Zori made a good point that you know with with him it was the solar company where you have to know when to when to hold them and know when to fold them yeah. and i just made a decision that if i don't get out now it's going to be harder for me to get out later yeah. um and you know everybody's different everybody has their own uh, risk tolerances and yeah. you know their own strategies but i know for for sure pj is never selling no matter what happens no 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 um, no, no no that's that's not entirely true <laughs> i do plan to take profit i'm not okay. i'm not i'm okay. not gonna ride that wave up and ride it back down no, no. Okay. okay um for, for me it was more so just uh i i understood the the, the pattern you, you know what i mean i i understood yeah. oh I, i'm learning to understand the pattern historically ripple or xrp is the last coin to move in the bull run cycle yeah. so that that's how it historically happened and i think while it's still been a speculative speculative market you know everybody's just guessing that it's going to be utilized and i know the um sec lawsuit is one that's deterred a lot of people from actually getting the you know having some skin in the game but if you look at the charts, it's it's almost you know like it, it's to me I couldn't understand it, but you know if you had other opportunities that you know um, you felt were were more lucrative at the, that point in time, I understand. But as far as I I know that this thing could turn on itself in in a you know flip of a switch, yeah. and and I just feel looking at the. Uh, the chart structure, you know, I'm seeing that that red, right? That that fallen red, that bullish chart pattern, and it's hasn't reached all-time high. Um, all the fundamentals are looking excellent with all the partnerships, the transactions for speed, yada yada yada. I could go on forever about it. But as far as you know, um, looking at where it's gonna go and 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 why was it built, I feel and. and I could be just regurgitating what the CEO said, but I feel like it's a, it's like holding Amazon back in the nineties, you know. So that's that's what that's what I'm banking on, you know. what I mean, right, if if, right, if, if, right. if it's if it's gonna take another four years to hit ten thousand, so be it, you know what yeah. I mean. If it yeah. so yeah, yeah, that, so, that's my. And that's that that's one thing I'll agree. That's one thing I'll definitely agree with. So. With with thing like Bitcoin or some other coins that they're not all time highs is it's where do they go? You know, they haven't got that uh, resistance level, you know, uh, to go go towards. Uh, but they do have plenty of support to fall through and to to crash through ultimately, yeah. Mm -hmm. But with Ripple, uh, we haven't got back to the all time highs. So it's got that target, you know, it's got that you know, three dollar fifty. So so I definitely agree with that. Um the other thing I would say as well is yeah, the reason why you know, I'll say this to every potential investor is 
no, don't invest, you know, what you can't afford to lose. So with me, with the crypto holdings, listen, guys, if I woke up tomorrow on the internet, I'd shut down. It's not the end of my world, okay? I'll be a little bit, you know, a little bit gutted. You know, I've lost, lost a bit of money, but I don't rely on that money, you know, for day in, day out and things like that, you know, that, that's what my investments are. So, yeah. So, PJ, you just you just converted me back. I'm reverted back. Yeah. So I'm back, I'm back <laughs> yeah. in the ripple. I'm back in the ripple verse. So, so, <laughs> so one last point. One last point. Just while I'm on my favorite digital asset, Ripple or XRP is the only coin to eclipse uh, Ethereum as far as market cap. So if you look at all the times that you know, I, I think on like Coin Market coin market cap you could see the um the dominances and i think xrp is the only coin to eclipse it um yeah. i think mm-hmm. it, it was last time i checked uh the market cap of ethereum is hovering around like half a trillion dollars and right now i don't know what the um updated uh market cap for ripple is but i believe it's only around 60 billion so you're, you're looking at almost a 10x there. Yeah, right, right now it's a 55 billion. That's what we're at with. Yeah. So if history repeats itself, which it doesn't always do, but like, you know, a lot of people say, you know, it often rhymes. Um, yeah. we're, we're, we're looking at some serious upward, uh, serious upward sort of movement that, that's going to happen. Um, then, we don't know. Um, it often the altcoin market often happens once Bitcoin's peaked. Um, yeah. I don't feel like Bitcoin's peaked just yet. Um, so, I, me personally, I don't I don't feel like it's as uh, it's gonna go as high as all of the uh, YouTube gurus mentioned. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not one of those that want to follow the herd. You know, if that was the case, everybody will be winning, right? But right I, I, I yeah. think I think it's gonna be, you know, have some appreciation, but I'm not I'm not seeing a million dollar Bitcoin in this bull run or no, you know, three hundred thousand or, or whatever, you know, crazy sort of uh expectations some of these people have. But yeah, it, it it's definitely um I'm feeling optimistic about the next three months for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I like I was saying earlier, I could always jump back in and yeah, yeah. had it pulled up. Um, you know, it's not like um, I'm, I'm against it in any way. It, no was right just, or wrong it, was, yeah, it was just a personal personal choice at the time. Um, yeah. But I, I feel like you guys are representing it. And, um, you know, I may just take a look at it this evening when I'm when I'm looking at the charts and, and reassess the situation. Um, it's always good to kind of refresh yourself with things and, and to be flexible at certain times. And, and to your point, I feel like I've lost a lot of opportunities by having such uh, faith in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like yeah. um, instead of you know, watching the sort of upward um, games and, and watching them just get eaten away by time, you know, um, now that I know that historically it's the the last one to move and it's almost like the um, finisher for the bull run in the crypto space, um, I, I feel like I've held on to a project and watched all others um, appreciate 
then I could have been a bit more nimble and jumped in and out, you know, but mm-hmm. it's all so good. Again, experience. So I would say, guys, this is a good example of emotional intent. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> of attachment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's yeah. not my only um, holding, you know no, what I mean? For I'm, sure. I'm joking, guys. But, uh, no, I'm the same, same as you. So what, what you've said is ultimately what co- co- covers what I am. But my, my crypto is a bit different from my regular portfolio. So with crypto, I am a hodler. So it doesn't matter if it's Bitcoin. And I've just got into, uh, was it Shiba Coin? So we just picked up a couple of couple of million of them. And do you know what, guys? It, it hasn't broke the bank. And it's what, you, it's what you said earlier, PJ, is what I would spend on a night out. I ended up I ended up picking like five million cheaper coin for now. Yeah. Who, who's yes? Yeah, was it around three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars? Yeah, you know, if I if I used to go out now with, with with the family and go for a nice meal, a couple of bottles of wine, it's going to cost me about that. And yeah, okay, the fact you know the family is suffering; they didn't get a meal and a bottle of wine, but still, we got cheaper coin. So uh, you know, we, we picked up picked up a couple of million of them. And who's to say you know two, three, no four years you know where, where, where that sits so so for me yeah it's it really is buy buy and hold so i don't i don't trade my crypto I, i've said that before it's you know i got, I got the foreign exchange for trading mm-hmm. and as for crypto it's really is buy and hold and i wouldn't sell any of my cryptos even if you know bitcoin crashed or anything crashed now you know ultimately i mean for the, the, the long haul you know we'll see where we are in a couple of years time yeah, I, 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 I've been saying that since 2018. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just about patience and holding yeah. on to it. And like you said, you're not, you know, you're not hurting for the for the cash that so you're no. able to hold it. And each one of us is different. And I'm glad that we have like a different perspective on things because um, if we we're all the same, it would be quite boring. And um, we we each have a slightly different uh, perspective, a slight, slightly different strategy. Like for me, I have, um, thanks to Andrew, I've been working on the FTMO, which kind of um, fills my need to trade. So I'm able to kind of get in and get out on the FTMO, and that's fine. Um, and then when it comes to more longer term, I'm the same sort of way. I have my long term crypto, which I don't really touch. Um, I do kind of review it every month or so, um, but I'm not trading it. And then also a long term sort of stocks account, Forex account. Um, so quick, yeah. quick question, guys, before I shoot off. Uh, don't you look at your crypto portfolio and you see that price at the top? Yeah. What do you guys see? So like PJ, do you see like a fishing boat or a speedboat or do you see, you know, you know, what when when you see that price or do you see like a new house? You know, what what do you guys you know what's what's that end goal? You know, what's that what's that vision that you see? Because I, I know what I see. Yeah, but what, what you do you guys see? Yeah, uh, when you said what I see, I was like, what app are you talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What broker, which which yeah. exchange are you using? Um I I see um I see freedom, freedom of time, freedom of, um, you know, freedom to spend time with my wife and my my family. Um, yeah. I see happiness, and I see um, ha- the ability to cut to cut off a lot of the obligations that I have right now. Yeah, that's what I see. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. that's that that that's what I see with FTMO. So that's that's yeah. where I'm hoping FTMO takes me. But yeah, yeah, we, yeah so that's 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 really good. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Uh, like. No, say with the cryptos myself, you know, and obviously I keep saying my, my big bro, yeah. So me and him are, are, are you know, emotionally invested in it. And at least once or twice a week, you know, we send each other an update of our balance. And we're like, so we judge it by cars. 
right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. So when we started off, yeah, we could buy, uh, I don't know how you guys in Bermuda now saw you out the car. So when we started off, it was like we could buy uh, like a Fiat or a Volkswagen. Huh. All right. Then we started working up then, you know, maybe a BMW, maybe a Mercedes. Yeah. 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 That, that, yeah. That's what, that's what yeah. we're getting now. So, uh, yeah, so we, our barometer for how well we're we'll doing is definitely by, by car brand for sure. But we're not, we're not near Lambo yet. So, uh, just my disclaimer. So, yeah. Yeah, Riffle uh, needs to go above, above $10. You'll be fine. You, you, won't, you won't see me again, mate. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be booking a flight with, uh, with, with Elon Musk and uh, William, William Shandler. There you go. Yeah, so. What about you, PJ? What do you see? What, um, um, so, again, from one of the books that we had mentioned, I think it was in the uh, Maven offer, but um, Robert Kiyosaki, or could have been in um, Cashflow, but anyhow, he mentions how it's just this cycle, right? So you have, like, your um, your assets, and you're moving them from your portfolio to real estate, and you're just, you know, your profits are just, you know, it's like a triangle, right? So yeah. I, I just... Me personally, I view my crypto account as like my my future um, real estate fund, where I can buy properties, and then I'm gonna look at you know you know whatever rental units that I'm looking to purchase. Then from there, um, the cash flow or the the income that I receive from those properties be re um, invested into other uh cryptos or or other you know stocks or whatever so uh, to me it's just like i'm just trying to grow this empire that that's my ultimate goal i'm just trying to grow an empire yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. and ideally at the end of that i would like to purchase you know or even have like an airbnb in countries that i like to travel um i i want to visit uh costa rica i'm a nature freak i like fresh fruits i like freedom or earth you know, waterfalls. So that's one of the things that I've been looking up a lot lately where I've been looking at um, Costa Rican properties that have waterfalls on it and, and land where I can plant all my mango trees and exotic tropical oh, fruits. You know what I mean? That's, so that's, so, my, that's, that's my motivation. Yeah, so one thing you've done now, so, you know, maybe maybe the viewers won't pick us up or people who watch the show. So right now, by you just said one thing, it's just triggered, triggered the... Uh, an investment opportunity to myself that I never thought of unless you said it. So uh, I have family in Morocco, uh, in Casablanca, and yeah, we look maybe uh, next year actually looking looking to get a property in Casablanca. I never once thought about making our property an investment opportunity. So you've just said you just mentioned Airbnb, didn't even enter my mind. I was going to buy buy an apartment, two bedroom. I'd probably use it twice a year their family stay there for the year two you've just mentioned airbnb what a great idea so i'm yeah, still gonna buy the still gonna buy the apartment in morocco but you've just right. so i owe you some ripple for that mate yeah so yeah. what i'm gonna do yeah so what i'm gonna do is yeah i'll I, I list i'll list the apartment in Casablanca and airbnb it's a great idea pj so thank you well done. So, so now that i know that you have family ties there i'm gonna be yeah. like yeah Morocco is somewhere I would like to visit in Casablanca. So if you get one, you know, just buy yeah. two and then I'll give you the chance for the second one next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to I want to I want to use it as well. I'll, I'll three. It for Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a good show, guys. Yeah, man, definitely. 
Definitely doubled the uh, time expectation. Yeah, but I think it's all good. It's all good stuff. Yeah, I think it's good. It's good to be back. I think you know after the yeah. last couple of weeks, three of us, you know, obviously, you know, we've had some colds, we've been ill, and we've had, had some moving house and some issues. And I think I think uh, supplement show a couple of weeks ago, we were all just just recovered and we were a little bit flat. So it's good to be back, you know, with a great interview and a yeah. great show. We've just we just covered so much, and I just hope that people are watch, you know, people tune in and watch the show, you know, just just enjoy it and get get some good takeaways and some good ideas from from what we're trying to achieve. So yeah. my final words, guys, uh, that I'm going to punch out then is, if you are interested in anything that we talk about, what we do, please reach out to Signature FX. Please just send us a direct message or get in touch with Mandela regarding the Investor Masterclass. It's probably one of the best things you can do and learning to trade in Mandela. It's it's a life skill. So, you know, regardless of what you do in your life, if you ever need something, you can fall back on just to make a little bit of pocket money if you want or have an Airbnb, get in touch. Right, guys, I'll speak Thanks, to man. you soon. Thank All you. right, Andrew. Cheers, guys. Take it easy, man. Right. Good, mate. Good, P. Any final words? Um, yeah, just study, man. Study. Yeah. The more yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. the easier you can make certain decisions. You know, so yeah, yeah just yeah. just learn as much as you can. Yeah, put in the time now, and um, you know, you'll be you'll be grateful for it in the future. That's some really good advice as well. And um, and and it's not going to be easy. No, nobody ever said it's going to be easy, but um, every day I try and learn a little something new. And um, this actually, this show has given me a few things to look and, and to focus on. Um, so I, I'm really grateful for that from yourself and from Andrew, um, given a lot of a lot of good good thoughts. So thanks, P. Cool, man. All right. Okay. Until next time. Yes. Have All a right. good one. Hope you enjoyed it.